Welcome to Inside Rosenberg and Estes. My name is Dave Lorenzo, and we're here today with a breaking news update on what's going on in Brooklyn in the Gowanus area. Now, to help us understand what the governor is doing in Gowanus, I've asked Dan Bernstein and Nick DiLorenzo from Rosenberg and Estes to join us. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? We'll start with you, Nick, and then you can tell us what's going on over in Brooklyn. Sure. Dave, thanks for having us. Um, Nick DiLorenzo at Rosenberg and Estes. Uh, Daniel and I focus our practice on affordable housing, uh, tax incentives related land use and development. Uh, so this development here with the Guanas mixed use plan is right in our wheelhouse um, and something interesting and new happening and we're happy to discuss it. And Daniel, we talked to you uh, just a little while ago about 421A in New York. So you're kind of the resident expert on 421A at the firm. Tell us a little bit about what else you do. Sure. So uh, I, I'm happy to happy to talk about this. Um, I, I lead the affordable housing and tax incentives department at Rosenberg and Estes, worked closely with Nick, worked with our other attorneys on all sorts of affordable housing and tax incentive issues in, in the city for development, redevelopment, residential and commercial. Uh, what's going on in Gowanus is directly related to the fact that nothing productive happened in the last New York State legislative session on incentives for affordable housing development, right? There was a law, the 421A statute, also known as Affordable New York, that required projects commence construction by June 15th of 22, complete construction by June 15th of 2026, and was intended to overlap with uh, the requirements of the New York zoning resolution, mandatory inclusionary housing in areas that got rezoned, such as Gowanus, Brooklyn. But the Gowanus Brooklyn rezoning only became official at the very end of 2021. Those, those projects that could raced to put a footing in the ground by June of 2022. And due to economic headwinds, interest rate spikes, inflation, the Superfund cleanup, you name it, um, they've had struggles to, to get built and to, to be built by what's less than three years from now. So while there were talk in the last legislative session of providing an extension of time to complete construction, really the, that didn't happen uh, for those projects. And given the, the significant effort that went into rezoning the Gowanus area and that there's thousands and thousands of apartments, including thousands of affordable apartments that are uh, permanently affordable that would have to be built under zoning to, to be built at all, uh, and that were intended to to overlap with the 428 tax exemption, the governor is taking some executive action to work around that situation in an interesting way uh, that we'll get into. And, and I'll flip to Nick to explain some of the details of what uh, the what I'll call the Empire State Development Pilot or ESD Pilot uh, does. So this is this is just a proposal by the governor at this point, and she just this is the first we're hearing of it, right? Last week was the so it's the the second to last week of July when right. when we just heard about this for the first time, and it's a proposal um, as a way to what's the objective of the proposal to provide more affordable housing and to get the development 
uh, going in the Gowanus area? Yes. So what we're seeing is a, essentially uh, an effort to not waste the, the rezoning that was done there that has a mandatory inclusionary housing overlay, uh, which is a zoning program that provides for additional floor area when you provide affordable housing. Uh, inclusionary housing almost always goes hand in hand with 421A. You need the tax exemption uh, for these affordable properties to make them feasible. And with the expiration and the completion deadline of 421A, um, a lot of these projects that vested before the deadline, um, you know, right after the rezoning happened late in, in 2021, don't have time to complete uh, by the 421A completion deadline. So there's an effort here to uh, make sure the projects that got in the ground will actually be completed and will be uh, viable when they're done and, and entitled to the 421A exemption. And what's happening with this uh, new program from the governor is essentially a 421A equivalent um, in the form of a pilot through ESD. So the fee title to the property would be conveyed to ESD and leased back to the owner um, for uh, a pilot payment in the form of somewhat in the form of a, a rental. So it's a pilot paying taxes equivalent of what you would pay uh, under 421A if you were able to qualify for the program uh, in and of, of itself as it currently exists. Uh, overall, from what we're seeing, everything is is pretty much intended to mirror 421A. Uh, obviously, the projects here need to be in the Special Guanas Excuse District uh, that had to have vested by June 15th, 2022. Uh, this particular program only applies to uh, projects with at least 50 rental units. Um, there are some additional overlays that ESD is proposing or that are likely to be in place that relate to uh, minority and women-owned business enterprises, uh, as well as uh, some veteran programs where there's a hiring goal, um, which does not apply under your standard 421A as the law is today. Um, so some new uh, additional requirements there, as well as permanent affordability uh, under this program, which is not required under 421A but is required under the mandatory inclusionary housing program already. So if you have an MIH project, more than likely all or most of your affordable units are already permanently affordable. So it, it's a good fit here uh, in Guamas. So there's a, there's a deadline of June 15th, 2026 for the affordable New York for the 421A, right? Does this, is this a workaround to get around that, or is this, does this all have to be done by that date? Right. Uh, this is a workaround. It, it is the governor in giving direction to state agency, ESD, that they should propose and put in effect a program that gives more time to complete construction. So the, the projects that that apply for and get approved by ESD for this will have four years to complete construction from when they enter into the program with ESD. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, you know, right now there's a little less than three years to complete construction under the 421A statute. 
four years from when this gets entered into is obviously, you know, more than a year longer. And it's going to potentially give comfort both to debtors and also to some stakeholders such as lenders that if 421A completion is not possible, there's an alternative uh, potentially available that gives more time to complete. Now, this this is being labeled as and you you both have mentioned this, right? So ESD stands for Empire State Development, uh, yes. and then it's it's being labeled as a pilot. Does that mean that they're gonna, if this works well, they're gonna try and use this in other places? Is that what we should read into this? Well, it's it's a different use of the word pilot. Um, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> the, but it, but maybe it will be, maybe it will mean both, right? The, the, the meaning, the first meaning that it definitely means is a payment in lieu of taxes where, ah. where the, the state is leasing the property back to the developer for, as Nick said, rent that mimics what taxes would be due with 421A, the pilot and the pilot payment gets reduced by what 421A would have reduced the taxes. But looking out broader, you know, to the rest of the city outside of Gowanus, there are developers uh, who have sites that have commenced that would certainly consider this program if it were made available, especially in other rezoned areas for starters that would also be subject to mandatory inclusionary housing. For starters, I think there are some challenges between the difference that relate to the difference between the ESD pilot and the 421A program. But I think there are quite a lot of interested parties looking at how this is going to work for Gowanus projects. And is it more applicable? Is it potentially applicable elsewhere in the city? Is it is it a pilot testing it out for the rest of the city? So let me ask you this, okay? And you both know, maybe our listeners and our viewers don't know, I'm obviously I'm not a lawyer, right? So the question that I have as it relates to kind of the switcheroo with the taxes for these payments, there's no constitutionality issues with taxes and how does that how, how can that how does that work? Uh, is there there's no constitutional issue with that? So it's What's facilitating um, that here is that the property would be transferred to ESD. So it would be, you know, state owned property and under uh, the ESD uh, does business as ESD. It's also the Urban Development Corporation, but there are authorizing um, authorizing statutory authority that allows ESD to have a tax exemption where it owns the property. And that's why there needs to be this deed and pilot uh, kind of leaseback situation in order to have that exemption. Okay. Now, why does Gowanus get this special treatment? Is the is that such a is that such a distressed area that they picked that first? What was what made Gowanus so special that it deserved this? Well, partly, um, Gowanus was a very challenging area to rezone. It it took a lot of political effort to build consensus between the elected officials people who live there, interested parties, property owners, uh, you name it. And it there, there's quite a lot of effort that, and thought and attention that went into planning what the development of Gowanus was going to be like if it was rezoned. And it eventually was, but it was only rezoned about 
seven or eight months before the 421A commencement date deadline, the projects that could put a footing in the ground under the right permit still needed to get financing for the rest of the project, right, to really build the project. Um, and as, as mentioned, interest rates spiked, inflation's been high, it is a Superfund cleanup site, it is a challenging area uh, to build in, but it, it's also an area that's adjacent to some of the uh, more desirable areas in Brooklyn from a, you know, with the stronger rents. So there's thought that if these get built, the market rate unit rents and the 75% of the market rate units will also help cross subsidize. But otherwise, Gowanus will be a rezoned area without a tax exemption. Developers will not build without significant property tax relief, they will not build the permanently affordable housing that the rezoning requires. So there's thousands of units at stake and of them at least 25% would be permanently affordable. There's there's a lot at stake for the city's housing and to to, to show the proof of this rezoning. What do you what do you uh, what do you both think lenders are going to think about this? How will lenders view uh, this deal? Positive. Um, certainly, you know, for projects that already are comfortable with the completion deadline and don't need to worry about it, it's an additional backdrop for projects that maybe are close. Um, you have this this backup plan that you can uh, potentially, if you're not going to meet the 421A completion deadline, you can go through this uh, RFA request with the SD and you have uh, the viability of the project. Um, anything that's you know, maybe there's projects out there that know they're not going to meet it for certain. And and this is new life in those projects and new life in Gowanus for in, increasing the housing supply, both market rate and affordable. What do you think the the implications will be for the neighborhoods surrounding it? I mean, you mentioned that there are some of the, there are some desirable areas where you think the market rates will go up. Is there anybody out there who would be opposed to this or who would object to this? Well, uh, I, I think part of the reason that the governor took this action is that her housing plan, which would have produced hundreds of thousands of new uh, apartments and many of which would be affordable, right? Uh, her housing plan didn't make progress in the, you know, sufficient progress in the legislative session, right? There is a, a legitimate debate about how to either mandate or incentivize housing production in New York City, in New York State. I think everyone recognizes that there are legitimate issues for elected officials about this. Um, but we're in a housing crisis. New York City is, uh, the, the, the shelter system is overwhelmed. The housing uh, supply is not growing as fast as the population and as the housing needs. There is a desperate need for more housing of all sorts. And in an area such as Gowanus that is close to good subway lines, that is you know, where, where there are planned improvements to create schools and infrastructure for the, the new population, um, you know, there was a lot of urban planning that went into the idea of of a uh, of, of, of robust residential neighborhood, you know, growing in Gowan. It's not that there were no residents, but it was largely you know, not zoned residential. You could not build a 
apartments on this scale. And uh, this, you know, every bit of housing will help. And that is why the governor took this action, uh, because the legislative process did not provide an extension to these projects, did not provide a replacement to the 21A program. So the projects that have commenced in time that were vested already are being offered a potential uh, longer runway to land their projects and still achieve some sort of property tax equivalent. Uh, there are different requirements, as Nick mentioned, that have to be considered and navigated, and it may not make sense for, for certain projects, but for some projects, hopefully, it will, as Nick said, provide a, a backstop to uh, you know, what they're already planning to do if they can't qualify under the existing 421A program. Um, and maybe it's also a spur to, you know, the, the various stakeholders that, hey, let's, let's see if a compromise can be reached for new legislation that balances public interests and, and private, you know, private capital that that can produce more housing at scale that we really need, what's a, what's a good deal? Maybe a good deal can be reached. In the meantime, though, these projects, they need this help. Many of them you know, will, are looking at it and are considering it. All right, so walk us through what the, what, what the, what the proposed timeframe or timeline would be, right? What's next for this? The first step is essentially, um, they're calling it, I believe, RFA, request for application. Um, so projects that are, are looking to do this would submit the request and go through the process with ESD. Um, again, some of this is still being hashed out and we need clarity on some of these requirements. Um, one in particular that, that were mentioned earlier were the, you know, the MWBE and the uh, service disabled that are known business requirements. Um, it's, it's a good faith effort. Um, as it's currently stated, I think one of the, the questions is going to be, you know, for projects that commence that met the deadline, uh, that have their contracts awarded already, how, how does that work in terms of, you know, meeting a 30% goal if, if you've awarded all your construction contracts already, obviously you have, you know, supplies, services on the back end, things like that, um, that could be helpful to meet that goal. But, uh, there's a lot that needs to be, you know, papered and, and fully hashed out with the program and everything finalized to, to see, you know, how well and how quickly this can move forward. Right. I'll just add on to that. This isn't entirely a new creation. Um, the, the, there is a history in New York City of owners uh, of ex entities that are exempt from property taxes owning land and leasing it to developers who develop projects and have their payments in lieu of taxes, their, their rent essentially reduced by what the tax incentive would have been for the, the incentive they would have qualified for if it hadn't been ex owned by an exempt entity, right? We've seen these in various areas in the city. Uh, you know, I've worked on some that mimic the 421A program, this exact 421A program, um, you know, other programs as well. There's a history here uh, of this kind of government pilot mimicking a tax incentive to achieve the same purpose, 
in in a context where you couldn't get a tax exemption because the land's owned by some exempt entity. And so, you know, it's not new in that sense. It's new in in that it's directed at Gowanus. It's new that it's directed uh, at projects under the 421A16 program, um, you know, with a wider scope. Um, but but there there are lessons that we all in in the industry have learned from these kind of pilots uh, and and that they can produce more housing, they can produce affordable housing, they can produce public benefits. And and it, it's it's consistent with the mandates of these exempt entities to, to do these deals. Okay, so what should we be looking for in, in the way of news? What's the next milestone or benchmark we should look for as people who are interested observers of this? Empire State Development is internally formalizing uh, their processes and engaging in dialogue with Gowanus owners and, and, and their representatives about what are the exact requirements, how can they be met, right? There's going to be uh, applications, uh, forms available at some point soon. Uh, there will be an application process and some projects will have clarity sooner than others that they're going to need this this program or they're going to want to pursue this option. Others may need to wait longer. Um, we will learn from the early adopters and from the wrinkles being worked out, the kinks being worked out of this program. And I think a lot of other stakeholders around the city, property owners, elected officials around the state, will be watching this to see how it goes because it will, you know, if you're an owner of a property in a rezoned area somewhere else or not rezoned area, you're going to say, hey, what about my project? What about my project? You know, I'm willing to do certain things to qualify for a public benefit. You know, can something be worked out that'll help my project? And elected officials should, you know, hopefully be watching this and recognizing the the urgency of the need for housing. You know, at the press conference last week, uh, Senator uh, Gennardis, uh spoke out in favor of this deal. And I suspect he wouldn't be alone among elected officials, but that that isn't to say that they're, the legislature is at this point ready to pass a, a 421A replacement. But I think there are a lot of interested parties watching this, and some are going to try to get into this program, and a lot of lessons are going to be learned from that process. So would it would it be would it make sense for people to call you if they if they are interested in getting involved in this program? You guys are I'm I'm certain you'll keep yeah. up with this and you'll know what's going on. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. myself, yeah. Nick, keep an eye out. We we work with developers all over the city on 421A projects. Uh and you know, we are closely following all the developments with ESD and in the legislature and our role is to to help our clients you know, make their make their projects a reality. So, you know, I, I know Nick, you've had experience with similar types of pilots over the years as well. Um, you know, I think I think we'd be happy to talk with uh, interested parties about this. Owners, Nick, give us give us an example real quick. Give us an example of a similar type of uh, pilot. I guess pilot because of the tax thing. Uh, give us give us an example of a similar pilot project 
that uh, that you've seen in the past to something like this? Yeah, well, without, you know, project specifics, there, there have been um, certain state owned land where for various reasons, 421A uh, couldn't work, ownership structure, uh, deadlines, things like that, where it's a regulatory agreement um, with DSD that, you know, is what we would expect the regulatory agreements here to look like, a, a complete mirror of 421A, um, down to submitting the applications, getting the required certificates, everything that you would do under 421A, except this isn't under the statutory 421A, it's under ESD's authority. Um, so, you know, it's something to look out for. We're definitely uh, looking forward to get the, you know, the official program requirements, application materials, things like that. We're following them uh, closely. Uh, updates uh, from our firm, from Daniel and from me, uh, whenever we find something out. So certainly available to discuss, you know, what we've seen in the past and how we think these documents will look and uh, what they look like when they come out. Is something like this, I, I don't want to say flexible, because when you're dealing with the government, whether it's state government or local government or federal government, flexible is is not a term you would generally use. But is is a program like this, is, the, is it easier to work with a program like this than it is something that's firmly entrenched like 421A? Not necessarily easier because the agency ESD isn't a housing agency. It's going to need to rely on probably HP, New York City's Housing Preservation and Development that, that administers 8421A. And so it will be a more complicated deal structure. There will be a mm. purchase of the property, a deed to ESD. There will be a lease back. There will to to the developer. There will likely be a regulatory agreement, uh, as Nick said, expressing the 421A requirements. There will be differences, and there will be more need for interagency communication between probably ESD and HPD if that's the way this plays out. But to a developer who who might get an extra year or more than a year of time to build their project and who can meet all the other requirements. That's that's a nice problem to have. If it mm -hmm. all, if the numbers work out, then that's a welcome challenge, right? Because otherwise, the challenge is having gotten started later than one than a developer would have liked. How do you build it by twenty twenty six? And maybe that's that's a bigger problem. All right. So Daniel, first, how do how do people reach you if they want to reach out to you? Sure, you can reach me. Uh, at D Bernstein, D B E R N S T E I N at Rosenberg Estes.com, 212-551-1257. Find me at the Rosenberg Estes.com website. And uh, we will uh, be putting out continued alerts on this and other related topics as information is available. And Nick, if people want to reach out to you, how do they get in touch with you? Yep. Our website as well. My email is ndilorenzo, N-D-I-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O at RosenbergEstis.com. We reached at 212-551-1215. All righty, folks, that'll do it for this edition of Inside Rosenberg and Estes. My name is Dave Lorenzo. These gentlemen were here today to fill us in on what's going on with Gowanus over in Brooklyn. Uh, stay tuned. Come back to the website for more updates. Reach out to these two gentlemen if you'd like 
a personal briefing or if you have a project that you'd like to uh, run by them. They're here for you for all affordable housing projects all over the city. They don't just work in Gowanus, Brooklyn. They work all over uh, the five boroughs. They're happy to help you with anything you need. Until next time, we'll see you back here at Inside Rosenberg and Estes. Have a great day.